Welcome, welcome today, guys, to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Before I get started on this awesome, actually, it's a really fun topic. We're going to break down a study that was recently done. It was ketogenic diets versus uh, higher carb for, and I wouldn't even necessarily say it was high carb, but it was just like they considered it the Western diet. Um, but I'm, I'm almost hesitant to say Western diet because when I think of Western diet, I'm thinking of people not eating enough protein and just like eating Cheez-Its all day. I don't know if maybe that's not your Western diet, but basically it was more balanced out ratio of carbs and fats. So higher carbs versus the keto, but we're going to jump into this and Before I do so, I just want to thank you guys. I did something really, 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 really scary for me. I read your guys' reviews. Now, (laughs) I've had this this podcast up for like two years and I didn't want to read the reviews because I was just scared. Like, what if, I don't know, you know, I've been on social media for a while. I've been on Instagram for a while and and sometimes people share their thoughts with me and I think, well, that wasn't nice. I don't think we're, I don't think we're following Thumper's mom's rule from Bambi where she said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> just kidding. But sometimes people are, yeah, they'll just message me some very interesting things. I was talking about uh, my infertility study. Yes, I'm going off on a tangent already. I was talking about my infertility journey. And if you're unaware of that, um, before I even got into fitness, I it, they think it's a genetic thing with my eggs, um, may have to do with um, endometriosis. I had no idea I even suffered from endometriosis because I had zero indications whatsoever of it. And after years and years of infertility, this is all before I even got into fitness, my infertility doctor is like, I think we just need to do surgery and just see what's going on in there. And uh, they did. And when I woke up, he told me, Lindsay, that was one of the worst cases of endometriosis I've ever seen. I had no idea. So in conclusion, they were saying, we don't know if your egg quality is suffering because of a genetic issue or if it was the endometriosis. But um, either way, that's just kind of where my infertility issues come come from. But anyway, so I, I do remember when I started opening up about my infertility issues with uh, people on Instagram and I had this woman write into me and she said, I don't care if this hurts your feelings. Usually people say things like, I hope this doesn't like offend you. <laughs> but, but her approach was, do you know what? I'm just going to lead with my intentions. I'm going to let her let her know, like, this is going to hurt you. And I don't really care. <laughs> it was just so funny. But anyway, she was just like, starts just going on and on and on about how my obsession with fitness is the reason for my infertility and I'm to blame. And if I really wanted children, I mean, it was honestly up to date, it was probably one of the most um, intentionally trying to hurt me messages I've ever received. I didn't really know that people really existed like this. Um, 
probably because I don't associate with people like this, I'm, I try really hard to uh, surround myself with good, kind people. And so it's like, that's the world, you know, that I know. So that was, that was very interesting on um, Instagram. But anyway, so because of this, <laughs> long story short, because of this, I didn't want to check my, my reviews. I was really nervous. And then I decided to, you know I'm just going to read these because, you know, people have taken time and let's just, you know, read a few of them and and I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude. I feel like I found my tribe. I feel like I found people who have goals in life and who want to better themselves physically and emotionally and spiritually and just show up as their best selves. And that you guys appreciated the education and the honest me showing up in, you know, my best and worst self kind of thing, being very honest and vulnerable. And I just want each one of you who have taken time to, you know, taken really to pause your life and, and write a review. I really, really appreciate it. And I was on more than one occasion, like moved to tears by some of the reviews. I just want you guys to know, I'm so, so grateful for this space. I'm so grateful for um, for social media, with all of its negatives, it has some amazing benefits to that outweigh it. You know, if we can figure out how to connect and find our people, and and I just feel so grateful. I feel like I have. So thank you guys for showing up and um, for yeah, just being a light in the world. You guys are awesome. I really really appreciate you. Okay, now let's dive into the this awesome study. And, and I'll talk about the pros and cons of the study, but the main question here is a ketogenic diet. So low carb versus regular, I mean, not low carb, we're talking about keto, right? So we're trying to, people are trying to get into a ketogenic state. We're going to compare with using this study, which honestly, I, I feel like this study, I've seen this play out in the real world too. And so this made so much, this study, I wasn't surprised by the outcome by any stretch of the imagination. So um, how is keto for building muscle? That's the question. That's what people want to know. And so is that the best method? Is it a subpar method? Is it better? Like, what is it? Um, and I loved this this study breakdown. Now, before we dive into this, I just want to say, I'm not anti-keto by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I really believe that, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, we've got to get into a calorie deficit, right? And so whatever method you choose, whatever method sucks least, I think that that's really what it comes down to. Whatever method sucks least for you as the individual. And that that could be keto. Some people get on keto and they really truly enjoy no carbs. I'm not that person, but I can appreciate that other people are and that they have been able to, you know, get into that calorie deficit and in a means that worked really well for them. So good for them. Good for them for trying all these different things and not giving up. And so I love that. Now keep in mind, the context of this conversation is not fat loss though. It's muscle 
So why do we want to build muscle? Maybe you're out there thinking like, well, I don't, I don't want to build muscle. Look, if you want to eat more, you want to build muscle. Let's just be honest. If you want to age well, we want to build and maintain as much muscle as possible. And you're not going to look like a man. You're really not. You're not going to look bulky. Not going to look crazy. You're not going to look like, you know, you're about to step up on stage and win some muscle building award. Keep in mind, most of those people are on drugs. That's why they look the way they do. Normal people who just don't take drugs and, and are just working hard. Um, yeah, we don't we don't get to that level that they get to, right? So this is for those of you who are like, you know what? I'm aging and I want to I want to feel my best as I'm aging. I want muscle and I also want to be strong, right? So we are going to talk about strength too because hypertrophy hypertrophy is the uh, the body actually increasing muscle tissue. Strength is different. So something can attribute to more or less hypertrophy and not influence strength, or something can increase strength and not increase hypertrophy. This is something that's actually very misunderstood in the the fitness world. So just because your strength increases actually doesn't mean that there's a direct one-to-one type of correlation to hypertrophy. People can increase strength without uh, increasing the actual muscle size of the tissue. Uh, That's why you can see if you've ever really, really got into um, like watching uh, powerlifting, that's why some of the smallest people who literally are like, "You, you don't even look like you work out and yet they're winning. They can move so much, right? They're figuring out how to leverage things better. Uh, they're working more of their nervous system. And so that's how their training is. I mean, they are they are training uh, like high sets, but very, very low rep ranges a lot of times with like five, six plus minutes of rest, right? And everything is set up trying to le- put the body in a position to leverage to like be able to move more weight. They're not necessarily worried about time under tension. And those things matter. Time under tension, exercise selection, you know, focusing on biasing, those are more of hypertrophy. So that can actually increase the muscle size. Okay. But anyway, just giving you like a, a basic, basic rundown of the difference between the two of those. Okay. So let's dive into this. We had two groups of individuals. And what's awesome about this, these subjects were between 20 and 40 years old, and all of them had at least five years of resistance training experience. So these weren't newbies. They were relatively experienced. I think most of them were competing at some level of bodybuilding. So, And none of them were taking steroids. They made sure about that and excluded anybody who was on stuff. So important, right? Because a lot of times people on Instagram, they can be like, oh, look at this ketogenic diet is working so great, but they're also like on a bunch of steroids. I don't really care what people do with their own body. I'm not anti that when they're bodybuilders, like that's their sport. And that's just kind of, it's kind of part of that world, to be honest. It's really hard to find a natural bodybuilder. Even I'm actually very surprised, even on local levels, bikini competitors, I don't think I know any that aren't on stuff or have been on stuff, to be honest. So, I mean, my husband, there you go. But 
females. I don't know any females who are natural. Anyway, so that's really good to know that these people weren't like taking stuff that's going to enhance it because that would obviously move the the needle in one group versus another. So these were natural. And what they did is they took both groups and they put both groups on maintenance calories. Okay. So we're not trying to lose a bunch of weight here. This is just maintenance calories. The protein they did set around 1.13 grams per pound of body weight. So both groups were taking about the same amount of protein. Um, in kilograms, that's going to be 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. I'm going to talk about some of the pros and cons of the study as far as I see it done. I think overall, it was a good study. Um, it's really, really hard to find a perfect study. So there's always going to be pros and cons that need to be addressed. Um, at the end of this study, they were showing that those that were eating, they call it a Western diet. So higher carbs with that protein at maintenance. How did they compare against those on the keto diet? And these people were eating less than 5% carbs. And not only that, the researchers actually had them looking at their blood work and making sure that they were in a ketogenic state. So they were measuring ketone levels to make sure that all of these individuals were compliant and in a real ketogenic state, which is awesome. Props to these researchers. Good job, guys, because anybody who's ever been on a keto diet, like that's a big that's a big part of it. And so that was the main, like that was a great point that they did to really help make this more of a trusted study. Anyways, so how did it all wash out when it comes to putting on muscle? At the end of the study, the normal or Western diet, they put on five, on average, about five pounds of muscle. Well, the ketogenic diet barely put on one. So... Just looking at that, we can say, okay, so what now in application? What does this mean for you? Well, if you really like the keto diet and your goal is fat loss, awesome. That's going to be a great pair. You know, if you enjoy it, it sucks the least, then choose it. And your number one goal is fat loss. Choose it. If you're sitting around maintenance and you really want a little bit more muscle and your goal is you really want to see body recomp as far as like increasing your muscle, then you're going to want more carbs. So keto diet is not going to be for you. If you really want to maximize your muscle growth at maintenance, then do not do a keto protocol. Now, let's talk about some of the weaknesses because we can always argue, well, maybe the method that they used to measure growth, it wasn't very accurate. And they did use a BIA. I'm not a huge fan. Um, that's kind of like an in-body type machine. Um, it has a little bit higher margin of error. It has a three to 5% margin of error where like a DEXA is going to be lower. Now you can manipulate them with carbs and water. 
So you could say, well, maybe just the method of measuring, they were able to manipulate it to say what they want to say, right? I mean, I could see people who are really like a fan of keto and want it to be the answer for everything to say something like that. And I could say, yeah, I think, you know, We've got to be cautious of that. You're absolutely right. Now, the difference between the two groups was pretty high though. I mean, five pounds versus like barely one, that is like pretty high. It's still leaning towards if you want to optimize muscle growth and muscle growth is hard and it takes forever. Why would you want to slow it down, people? That's my question. If you've truly been in this game for a long time, you know, like past the newbie gains of one year, you know, it's hard to put on muscle. Why would you want to slow it down? Why would you want to slow that process down? Um, And so I, but anyways, that's just my point. Now, more than anything though, we can really see changes of muscle from an increase in RMR. So let's just say, okay, maybe BIA, that wasn't like the best choice to, to measure muscle growth. But one thing that I really love that the researchers did is they also measured RMR resting metabolic rate. Now, if you put on muscle, your resting metabolic rate will do what? It's going to go up. It's going to increase. In essence, your maintenance is going to increase with that because you have put on muscle tissue. Now, not only at rest does it burn a little bit more, but just being active throughout the day and lifting will burn more. So if they really put on muscle, we're going to see that with RMR, an increase in RMR, in resting metabolic rate. So what did that show? The keto diet group experienced no changes to RMR. The normal diet group experienced significant increased RMR. That's a big deal. Right there is showing. Okay. So maybe, you know, they could have gotten better measuring tools for muscle and how much the people put on during that time period, but you can't get around the RMR, the resting metabolic rate going up. You can't get around that. So just looking at one, no changes happened to the RMR. So nothing changed within their body really. Um, And then, yes, uh, the normal diet group had a significant increase in RMR. Okay, that's a big deal. That shows you right there that if your goal, because I always like talking about these things in application, like one study, okay, but what does that mean for you? Now, first off, I do want to say, and I, I think I already kind of said this, is that this is something that I have seen time and time again with people. I've worked with them. I've had friends go keto and love lifting weights. And so it's like they go keto, they drop weight. Awesome. They go back up to maintenance. They stay at keto and they're like, why isn't my body changing? I've seen this so much. I've had people come to me and I'm like, okay, let's just introduce more carbs. I know you're kind of scared because sometimes people get scared because they, they've gone through a keto diet. They loved it. It worked well. And then they get scared to kind of incorporate as the the goals shift now to 
more lifestyle, more, hey, I'm going to be going out and eating. And keto wasn't always like the best enjoyable way to kind of have a healthy lifestyle of friends and, you know, eating out and traveling and vacation and all those, those things. So they're kind of like, oh, maybe it's not the best balanced approach. It was great for the goal of dropping body fat, but now I kind of want to reintegrate back into the world with a little bit more carbs. And But sometimes there's some fear that comes with that because the no carb thing works so well that they're afraid. So uh, sometimes slowly increasing carbs with clients has really helped. And then really seeing them flourish at maintenance, working hard in the gym, feeling really good, putting on muscle, seeing things change at maintenance. So that's that's been really good to watch that. So I've seen this a lot in person. So the main takeaways, I'll just reiterate one more time. Keto can be a, a great tool to combat insulin resistance. It's not the only one though. Even just like a low carb will combat insulin resistance. Even just dropping body fat will do that. Uh, carb cycling will do that. So it's not the only, but it can. That's that's a good benefit. And then if somebody really enjoys, you know, the keto diet to drop body fat, awesome. Um, if the goal then shifts and you really want to see uh, increases in muscle, then I would say, okay, we've got to bring in more carbs then. Okay, so now let's look at the strength difference between the two. Was there a difference between a ketogenic and a normal diet as far as you know maintenance and that amount of, of uh, protein? It doesn't look like there were significant differences between the two. Both, both groups actually increased maximal strength of squat, of bench press. So the keto group saw an increase of strength by 3.1% and maximal squat strength by 3.8%. And similarly, the Western diet or normal diet improved bench press by 3.6%. So that's relatively close. I mean, maximal squat strength did get higher. For keto, it was an increase by 3.8% and for the Western diet, maximal squat strength by 6.3%. So we did see that. Yeah. So if, if the goal is strength and you don't really care about putting on muscle, then once again, and you enjoy keto, then once again, keto can be be your thing. You can still improve your training program, like as far as strength goes, and then you're not going to be seeing, it's just kind of that, what do you, what do you want, right? And what do you enjoy the most? So hopefully this breakdown has given you some ideas. If you have friends or family that are just like, I really want muscle growth, but I, uh, but they're also like, like really hardcore keto, then maybe this is going to be a good study for them to review and just be aware of. I'll share in the notes a link so that you guys can see this study for yourselves and just kind of read through it as well. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I really appreciate all of you. You guys are awesome. You have a wonderful week. 